Hey there, small group leaders. Welcome to our small group leaders podcast for our leadership guide and our leadership group meetings for the month of October. It's Pastor Billy here. And um, what we want to talk about this month in all of our leadership guides or all of our leadership group meetings is really preparing ourselves for revival. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you to all of you for all that you do, uh, your hard work week in and week out leading your small groups. Um, We couldn't do it without you, and you are making a difference in the lives of others. And, uh, you know, Prophet Jim LaFoon prophesied that we are entering into a time of harvest and a time of revival, and uh, we're going to see God do great things, even more so in the days to come. And so we really need to prepare ourselves for what we believe God is wanting to do. Uh, We see God doing great things all around the country in different college campuses of revivals breaking out. We see God doing great things around the world in different pockets of revival. And we also see God doing some great stuff in our church right now. Um, and uh, we're just believing that these are just the, the little embers of a of, of a breakout that God wants to bring in and around all of us. And uh, so thank you for all that you do. And we really want to make sure that we are leaning into this revival because we believe this is going to be a tremendous time of harvest. And so one of the hallmarks of historic revivals is prayer. You know, every every great revival seems to be preceded by prayer and marked by ongoing prayer. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we have our October prayer month coming up in the month of October. And um, we have different prayer pockets. You can see it at our, at our website, proside.org slash prayer and fasting. Um, and find the different prayer pockets to get to. And of course, the month will end with our Seek Week. I want to encourage all of you uh, not just to pick a pocket yourself to attend, Uh, But to invite your groups, rally your groups to be in at least one of those prayer pockets throughout the month so that we can really believe God for the the revival that he's called for us to experience. You know, it's not a cliche, more prayer, more power. We believe that with all our heart and we want to pray heaven down. So we're super excited about that. Thank you in advance uh, for partnering with us. The other thing besides prayer as we get ready for revival and prepare ourselves for revival is we want to begin to prepare our small groups and prepare ourselves as leaders uh, for the revival that God wants to bring. And so I want to share with us just very briefly some discipleship best practices on how we can prepare ourselves and prepare our groups uh, for the revival that God wants to bring. And these things, you know, this is what we want to talk about in our LG this month. How can we prepare as individual small group leaders As coaches that oversee small group leaders, how can we help the groups under us to prepare? And how can we help raise up new leaders? So plan for multiplication. We talk about this a lot. You know, the goal of our small groups isn't just to exist, you know, us four, no more, you know, and just to have nice meetings. The goal is to multiply because the more containers of small groups that we create, the more God will pour out and and pour out the people. If you remember uh, the the story of of the jars, right, where where the prophet said to get, prepare more jars and as many jars as the widow produced, the oil kept on flowing to fill the jars. But when the jars ran out, the oil stopped flowing. And I think that's a picture for us that the more jars we can create of small groups to contain the harvest, God will continue to have the oil of new people flow into them. And we've seen that over the years. The more groups we create and more pockets we create, more people will fill those groups um, in general. And so we need to plan for multiplication. We don't want to just be one big jar in one place. We need a lot of jars, a lot of little jars in a lot of places that God can fill all kinds of jars. And so that's our small groups. So how can we multiply our groups? Very often as leaders, I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure many of you would admit to this as well. I'm just just, happy that 
people show up at my jar. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm not the only one sitting in the jar by myself. Like, okay, there's at least a few people in my jar. I'm not lonely at Starbucks or wherever I'm meeting. Um, but we can't settle for that, you know? Okay, we got people coming to my small group. That's, that's not the goal. How can we multiply? How can we create more jars for more people to fill? The more jars we create, the more God will fill it. So we need to plan for that kind of multiplication. One of the ways that we can plan for this is by walking people through a discipleship process or our discipleship process. Many of you remember years ago, we used to have this thing that we called our discipleship tracking sheet. And on the discipleship tracking sheet, we had several uh, benchmarks of discipleship that we think will help people to become disciples. Um, On the tracking sheet included stuff like the one-to-one book, the purple book, purpose-driven life, these three tools that are the primary tools that we use in our one-to-one discipleship. Have they gone through the one-to-one book, the purple book, or the purpose-driven life? They don't have to necessarily do all three, but something. Uh, One of those three where you sit down with another individual, that person walks them through these discipleship tools. Um, We found, as a best practice, people that do that tend to grow in their spiritual, spiritual life more than others that haven't gone through that. Now, does that mean you have to or you can't go to heaven? No, but these are, these are things that help enhance or best practice that we've seen work in the process of discipleship. So the one-to-one book, Purple Book, Purpose Driven Life, have people gone through that? And you might want to make a checklist on your own and say, hey, man, have the people in my group gone through these things? If not, maybe we can go back and do it. There's a guy I actually just started today uh, doing the Purpose Driven Life with. He's been coming to our church now for several months, uh, completed the growth track, which is great. But you know what? I want to make sure that I get to spend some time with this person walking through the, one of these discipleship tools to help you know, iron out some of the kinks maybe or some of the rough places in, in his faith so, to make sure that um, he's growing in his walk with God. And that's what these tools help us to do. They're not magical, but they create a conversation where we can help people walk through their faith. They can ask questions. We can process life together. And um, it's, uh, it's almost for dummies in a sense because if you can read, you know, you can walk someone through uh, these discipleship tools. You don't have to be a theologian, right? So those are some of the tools that we have. Also on that tracking sheet are our discipleship classes. Right, um, So we have our growth track, which we say if you're new to the faith or if you're new to the church, we want you to go the, to the growth track. And the reason for that is we give the basics of what it means to be a Christian there, why, uh, what it means to belong in a church family, uh, to come to church on Sunday, small group, all the basics of why, why, why our church family matters. Um, we talk about your gifts and talk about serving and how to be a part of the body. So all the basics of the faith are in the growth track. And in the growth track, we also help people to get connected to a small group. And so we encourage everyone, if you haven't been to the growth track, go to the growth track. Or maybe you've gone, you know, years ago. It's not a bad idea to get a refresher in that, right? So you might want to make a mental note. Are there people in my group that haven't gone through this, this the growth track yet? Might want to get them into that. It'll help them grow in their faith. The other one is our Freedom Weekend. Man, I, I, I had a guy in my group go to Freedom Weekend this last t- time around. He came back so fired. He was telling all the guys in the group, you need to go to Freedom Weekend. Like, if you haven't gone, you need to go. And he said, man, if you've, if you've only gone once, they, you got to go again. And he was just pumping everyone up. I was like, yeah, baby. You know, um, but he, he came back so fired up. And I just saw his faith go to another level because he attended Freedom Weekend. And so 
leaders, we want to make sure that our, our people are going through that. The Freedom Weekend is great because we talk about canceling curses and breaking strongholds and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all, all, all the things that people need for their faith. Um, so we want to make sure we, we, we don't miss that as well. And of course, our discipleship track. We revamped our discipleship track this year. Um, I, I got to say, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what, again, what it means to be a Christian. What, is, what does it mean to be a disciple? And then we spend a good amount of time talking about how to read the Bible. Um, you know, how do you, how do you interpret the scripture? How do you read it? How do you, you know, uh, discipline yourself to understand the scripture? We talk about um, how to be a good member in a small group. Um, some of you are thinking, man, I, I need my guys to go through that. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we talk about just how to, how to foster conversations and help people to talk things out. Um, that's in there now. Uh, we also talk about how to how to reach out and how to make disciples. So discipleship track highly recommended. If if your people haven't gone through discipleship track this year, might be a good idea. Get them through it uh, within the next twelve months, and I think we'll start to see discipleship really increase in our church if we do that. And then the next benchmark are some spiritual milestones like water baptism. Has everyone in your group been water baptized? We realize that baptism is something that Jesus commanded us to do, and, and many people have never been water baptized. In fact, this, this past Thursday, I got to baptize a guy who uh, was baptized as a baby, but never as an adult, and he wanted to um, solidify his faith by being baptized now as an adult. And so it was a blessing to be able to do that and see him uh, his faith go to another level. So water baptism, and a very important benchmark. And we don't have to wait for big church-wide baptism. Just get your group together, go to the beach, go to a pool, um, just do it. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of hoopla. Um, main thing is there's faith there. So water baptism. The other one is baptism in, in the Holy Spirit. You know, I remember, you know, uh, we pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit at our Freedom Weekend classes, but you don't have to wait for that. Um, I remember back in the day, uh, we used to just lay hands on people, pray for them in small group, and and believe God for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, but those are benchmarks that we we want everyone to have in their life. Um, the, the the next one is stewardship. Are they fully tithing? Now, this can be an awkward conversation to have with people, but uh, we don't have to, you know, be, we're not the tithe police, okay? So we don't want to do that. But make a mental note. Are they giving? Are they, are they fully tithing? And the reason that's so important is we want them to fully trust God with their lives. And not only that, we know if they're fully tithing, God's going to provide for them and bless them and protect their finances. And so that is definitely a very important spiritual milestone. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't do a tithe check on your small group. Okay, don't do that. That's a little invasive, uh, and we don't want to put that pressure. But make a mental note in your mind. Is this person tithing? Do I, do I hear them talk about tithing? How do they, how do they uh, respond when a discussion on tithing comes up, you know? Um, and just make a mental note. We want to get people fully tithing because it's really, it's best for them and their spiritual growth. And then are they serving on a serve team? Um, that's a big one, obviously, and we talk about that in the growth track. But we want, discipleship is about giving of ourselves, not just receiving. So we want everyone serving on a serve team to serve others. And then, of course, lastly, are they, are they personally reaching out? Are they sent? On mission? Are they sending themselves on mission? Do we hear them talking about the people they're reaching out to and praying for and believing God for? So all these things we'll put is, is in the notes you can look at. Um, and, and these are just benchmarks that we want to have everyone go through because if we do, we found that as a best practice, people tend to thrive in their spiritual growth if these um, benchmarks are hit in their life. And so um, leaders, we can kind of do that. And the reason why we're doing this is to prepare ourselves for harvest. Are we preparing the leaders to be ready, the people ready to contain the harvest that God wants to bring us? Are we preparing people to go out and be missionaries in the harvest field and not just 
coming to, to, to enjoy the atmosphere of church for themselves. And the last thing I want to say of best practices, number three there, is start clustering and empower more leaders. If you have more than, than, than five people, if you have six people or more in your group, I want to highly encourage clustering. Um, I, I've just seen it over and over again. When we break into smaller groups, more people engage in conversation, more people participate, more people feel comfortable to be vulnerable and share uh, than if they have to share in front of five or six other people. So breaking into groups of threes and fours, I think is, a, is an amazing best practice for the people to share, but secondarily for leaders to be empowered. Uh, You know, for me, if I was a new leader, it'd be extremely daunting to think about having to lead five other people. But I can lead a conversation of two to three people, no problem. Almost anybody can do that. But you start adding that fifth, that sixth person, man, it gets a little scary. And you know what? Small group leadership shouldn't be scary. It's leading a conversation. It's facilitating a conversation around the discussion guide. And so clustering makes it easier for new leaders to get on board and to begin participating. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. And I want to encourage us in our discussions, our leadership group meetings this month, talk about this a little bit. What what are some some things that maybe you need to add to your discussion? discipleship or or to maybe encourage your group to do. Maybe it is Freedom Weekend. Maybe it is Discipleship Track. Maybe it's to get them to start serving or or maybe to have a conversation with that individual about tithing. Maybe it's to talk about being sent on mission. Maybe it's to ask about water baptism. Different things just to help enhance our discipleship to prepare us for the harvest. So let me leave you with two questions that we will discuss in our LGs this month. Question number one, what does your group need to do to prepare for the harvest? Taking our discussion today, what is one thing that you can apply to your group to prepare for the harvest? Number two, who are the potential new leaders you can, be be, you can begin preparing to help with the harvest? Who are the potential new cluster leaders, potential small group leaders that you can launch out? Who are they? Begin talking about them, begin encouraging them, begin giving them opportunities. But first, we got to identify them. And once we do, and we begin multiplying jars, I'm confident God's going to fill it with new people, new souls, new lives. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in in, in this uh, remaining few months of 2023. But I'm also really excited about what he's going to do in 2024 through all of us as we multiply containers for the harvest together. But again, thank you leaders for all that you do. Thank you for all of your hard work, your investment, your care, your love for the people of God. And I'm just excited to, to think that by this time next year, there's going to be a whole lot more new people in, in our groups experiencing the love of Jesus through all of us. So thank you for all that you do. And let's uh, look forward to the revival and the harvest together. Thank you guys. Have great LG meetings this month.